Hey everybody, my name is Alex and you're listening to Lunchbox Radio. So thanks to everybody who's been listening to the podcast lately. I, I, it picked up again and I, I like seeing the people listen because I like knowing that you guys, quite frankly, give a shit about what I say. <laughs> um, I, give, I certainly give you no reason to. Actually, that's not true. I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be a little bit nicer to myself on that score. Um, and, you know, so I, so one thing I will say is I'm getting my shots. Get, I'm getting that good juice on Saturday. I'm getting the first one. Um, so as a precaution, I will be record pre-recording the Sunday episode, which I, I usually pre-record it. Um, not Super far. I, I pre-recorded in the same way I pre-record these episodes at this point. I except I do it from bed because I want it to be more casual. Um, so I will be pre-recording that probably. Um, that'll probably happen tomorrow night. Um, but so th- there'll be a Sunday edition. I will try and make the same thing happen around the second shot, which from what I've heard. That's the real motherfucker of a shot. That's the one that makes you feel like, oh, hey, a truck hit me. Um, about twenty, about a good night's sleep after. Um, so I, so I wanted to talk about something that I may there may be an episode in the feed for, but if you've been listening to the show for a long time, if you've been looking listening to. Lunchbox Radio for longer than it's been Lunchbox Radio, you'll know that some of the shows I've covered, I've covered before in past iterations of this show. And one of, and for whatever reason, there were some like hiccups in the transfer, in the file transfer process from an app called Bumpered, which I don't blame you if you've never heard of it. It used to be how I hosted the podcast. For a while, I hosted it just free range, right in my own RSS because I'm an insane person. Uh, because I was an insane person, um, and then I finally moved to Anchor when Anchor like stopped being a weird public radio platform and started just being a podcasting platform um, outright. Because for a while, Anchor was a weird public radio platform, which I always thought was hilarious, but. Um, so what I want to talk about today is a little show from the late 90s, early aughts called Initial D.
for for the area. And what that ultimately, actually I was right, now Now that I've got the um, info up, it came out in 19, the TV show came out in 1998, so I was right on the money. Um, but the, the act of Takumi doing this over and over and over again gives him a natural feel for handling his car or a car at all in this, in that unique, in the unique environment of having to like learn how to drift by necessity so he can smoothly go as fast up and down the mountain as possible. And what ultimately happens is he, because of like anime shonen tournament arc logic, basically ends up competing one night, competing in a um, drift, in like a drifting um, car race, and which I think I hear happening in the distance now. But um, I live, I live on fucking mountains with some real road, road weirdos. Um, but so. The thing that you need to know about Initial D is that it kind of mastered the act of, is that A, it kind of mastered the act of Rick rolling you into the next episode. The, the kind of, there's this kind of way of television watching that we are more accustomed to now because of streaming like Netflix and like any of the bingeable shows you can go watch. But back in the 1990s, when they gave you a cliffhanger, you had to wait a, wait a whole fucking week. Or if it was a cliffhanger for the end of the season, you had to wait till next goddamn year or whatever. And so, what Initial D kind of perfected like down to the to the hundreds of a second was this idea of like you are never done with the story the story is never done with you he's like you may give up and stop watching for a while but you will always like from episode one to the last episode of i think fourth stage is the last stage of initial d although fifth stage might be i think it's fifth stage actually um it pulls you all the way through that fucking show. It's all the way through. It the seasons are clearly delineated, and it's clearly starts and end to seasons. But I think, without exception, I I can't think of an exception here. Um, especially for the first season, it it always rickrolls you in the next episode. Always like, oh, you, we're not done, and for that reason, it it has this kind of utopianly perfect bingeable showness. Like, it feels like a show that was made for a time that did not exist yet. In that way. And the other thing about Initial D is that the... So... 
in a, a former iteration of this podcast when I used to um, subject Lauren, my friend Lauren, the head of the the ho- the main host of the Uncanny Curd podcast, which you can also go listen to me on, um, to various anime and we talk about it. Um, she, at some point, she signed up for all of that, for the record. I did not fucking... Yeah, Alex MacGyver trick her into that. She she was like, "Hey, we should do that podcast again." I was like, "Now it's your idea." But we watched a show called Rail Wars, which if you've ever seen Rail Wars, you know Rail Wars is this weird ass show that is burst wholly from Train Chan on the internet, and it's just about. Like, it's, it's a thinly veiled attempt to just show different models of Japanese trains on public broadcasts. That's all it is. Like, there's story there, but there doesn't need to be. It's not a thing that needs to be. What, so, the way that, the reason why I'm talking about this now is because what Initial D did that was fairly... That was fairly, um, that gave it street cred, that made it feel like a thing that, like, a real racer would want to watch, is it did the, it did this, it did itself the service of using real cars in the show. And what that means, practically, is that while all the characters are very clearly hand animated, all the cars are like early PlayStation 2 driving game fucking video game models of cars. And that, that allows them to do two things. Um, first off, it allows them to like show the cars in this like in their most specific perfect state. Um, and also it allows them to pull off these races by actually choreographing the physical cars the way that it would go. And if you've listened to me for long enough, you know I'm normally no fan of CG, of CGI in anime, the way it's usually used. Initial D, even though it is a relatively early demonstration of that thing, of CGI in anime, is an, an exception I will make. And the reason why it's an exception I will make is because they really only do it with cars. With the cars. And they had a... Re- so... A common problem in art, especially in um, commercial art, like animation, like design, like any of, like any of that stuff, is... People think of ways to use material without a reason to use the material. If you look at, um, look at, say, Gankuso, the, um, like, 2000, so, like, early aughts, Anna Sui-inspired retelling of The Count of Monte Cristo. Um, that show, at times, can be just sickeningly textured. And the reason for that is 
It, it was like either like on the tail end or just coming off of the tail end. Actually, it might have been in the middle of the DigiPaint era. And what's if you don't know what DigiPaint is, DigiPaint is this is the first or, or the first wave of shows to be really computer colored. And there are lots of ways to tell this that this is one of those shows because all the colors are generally really flat. There's not a whole lot of dimension. It has almost this like what people would describe as super flat style because like shadows are pretty are pretty unlayered and pretty one dimensional. Like um, another great a great DigiPaint a great example of DigiPaint is a terrible show called Samurai 7 that's a um, anniversary project for the, the Seven Samurai film. Um, that is, I've covered it on this podcast. You can, instead of subjecting yourself to that show, you can go listen to my episode and know that I barely subjected myself to that show because it is not good. Um, but basically... The problem with Gongsus, though, is, like, someone said, hey, we can fill this stuff with textures. And, like, we can partner with a fashion designer like Anna Sui, because anime's hot right now, and we can make this thing look fashionable. But what it ends up looking like is it ends up looking like... It ends up looking like they spent so much time trying to figure out if they could that they didn't spend any time asking if they should. And that's oftentimes what CGI looks like. It looks like, um, and actually Ghost in the Shell, Ghost in the Shell, SAC underscore 2045 has this problem in that it is supposed to be the spiritual successor to Standalone Complex, the TV series. But if you look at the TV series for Daniel Complex, there is, there certainly is CGI in that, but a lot of it is traditional hand animation, and it benefits from it greatly. But when you switch over to something like the um, 2045, it just doesn't look, it doesn't look like they did any of it, any of the things that they did for a real creative end vision benefit. And I, I hear you say like, oh, well, it's cheaper. It takes less time. It can look just as good. Yeah, to make it look just as good means it takes more time. To make it look, to make a show look like Land of the Lustrous means that you take just as much time, if not more, producing every frame of that animation than most people do when they get like, oh, now we have this model of Matoko. Now we can just, you know, put it through the poses and hit like run and have it auto connect everything in between. It's not... Good art is never... Good art never doesn't consider all the pieces. And... Using the 
and using actual 3D models of actual cars that would be cape that, you know, drift that like Japanese drift racers would use in the in this situation is an important part of giving the show grounding in its world and in its own reality that that they could have totally skipped over and it would have been fine but it doesn't it doesn't um what's the word it doesn't it doesn't feel as good it doesn't feel as true to the like um to the spirit of the of the property and also in its i know that in its source material the original author of initial b i took great pains to like make the specific card in the manga and the um main car the white car i forget what it's called um does actually um it is actually pretty popular because specifically of Initial D. And Initial D accomplishes kind of in the same way that the Fast and the Furious accomplishes it. This like immediate street cred with, you know, people who are into racing and people who are into racing culture, which is a real thing. And uh, um, so, like, in the way that, like, at its core, Fast and Furious is about a bunch, is about a family of motorheads. Initial D ultimately is, at its core, about a bunch of kids who love drifting. And if you, so, to give you a, like, elevator pitch of like if you like this show you'll if you liked this you'll like initial d if you went to see fast and furious tokyo drift and we're like i'm into this you should be watching initial d you just should like you just should it if if you like me at moments are like They've captured some sort of incomprehensible beauty in that one scene in Tokyo Drift where they are like, where um, Jake, the um, so like American guy, is hanging out with um, the with DK's um girlfriend in this car as they as she like races on this mountain and it's just like computer zooms into their window. And it's just like, it, it's like pedals falling down a mountain. It's like pedals falling down the side of a wall. It's like gorgeous. Then you might want to check out Initial D. And, and but what Initial D does that um, makes it really an anime in like kind of contemporary of like shonen, of good shonen sports anime is it introduces character it introduces a cast of characters that it keeps around constantly like it introduces um it introduces like Keske who is a recurring like um 
like supporting character and rival introduces like characters who are just introduces Mako who is a love interest and introduces um Itsuki the who's like the best friend character who like can't really do anything but he's supportive and all of these characters it introduces are like uh, uh, are continuing in the show one of the one of the kind of staples of a good sports anime, one of the ways it draws you in, um, and this is actually most true, I think, recently, of um, Kuroko's Basketball, which I've talked about in this podcast, and you can go check out in the feed in whatever you can listen to me right now, um, is you shouldn't be dropping your main... You shouldn't be dropping your cast in favor of your main character all the time because if you pay the right amount of attention and the right quality of time with them, you can then focus on, like, they have a, they have a race where um, Takumi isn't in it and it's, it's Kiss Cave, right? It's, it's, Kiss, it's Kiss Cave race. And you feel just as invested and it feels just as important and riveting, but it feels new because it's not Takumi in in the hot seat. It's a different side character. And what that ends up doing is it ends up giving the series more um more room to run. And it ends up once you spend enough time with your main character or your main team or whatever, it ends up allowing the, the universe of that property to have building blocks, to have like world building blocks. It can then go make new things with. A great example of this is the show I talked about in my last third day episode, um, which is Hunter Hunter. So, I, I bit the bullet, kids. I decided, hey, I'm gonna start reading Hunter Hunter. And after 148, I think currently there's only two volumes of manga, like, there. There's only two or three volumes of manga there. And so, like, it's not a, that's not a big undertaking. But what you realize really fucking quickly is that the entire 148 episodes of Hunter Hunter are just setting up the building blocks for the next thing he wants the the um author wants to do with the, with that world and um the any good any good show should sink in this way it's the reason why um it's the reason why Kuroko's basketball was allowed was capable of being so popular when it was initially coming out because that world was not infinitely expandable, but expandable in a way where if you were into a character, like there was 
there were specific plot lines for you to follow with that character. So, for a dumb example, I... Something about... Probably because I'm a disgusting human being. Something about the um, character design for one of the Zodiacs in Hunter Hunter, um, Jell. Like, I just, like, I, she's the best. Like, she, fucking weird Medusa boob lady. Let's go. And also, I just like that they call her Snake. So I'm like, Snake! Um, whenever I see her. In my head and out loud, to be clear. Um, and if, like, I want to know all about that character, I can. Specifically. And that means that that, that that character has enough there for you to, f for them to focus in on it. And unlike in, unlike in some shonen anime where they, in some short run shonen anime, like they, um, a good example of this, Darker Than Black, um, Long, long, seriously long-running shonen anime need that diversity of characterization and that depth of characterization even on the side character because they're going to have to sustain sustain themselves somehow. The I talked about this in the um, Boruto episode, but the, um, which once again, you can listen to the my episode of Boruto in the earlier in the feed of the podcast on whatever you listen to this right now, but the genius of Boruto and the, like, deep advantage that, the genius of um, Naruto, rather, but the deep advantage that Boruto came in with is that Naruto had, like, 20 goddamn years of being on television. Like it had so long of being on television that it was it was necessary and good for the creator for Kishimoto, the creator of Naruto, and the you know the staff of of um, Parrot to just. Go for it and like explore every nook and cranny of the like Naruto worlds. Like you know things about politics in that show for no reason. You know things you know like know all these different weird things about the Naruto world because they had to spend so much time in it and they had to get you from A all the way to motherfucking Z somehow. They had to turn in an episode every single week. And yet does that end with and end up with a ton of filler. Absolutely. But sometimes when you're lucky, you get something like say the Dragon Ball Z driving episode, not the infinite the infinite Tsukiyomi track arc nightmare. Um and if you're a long running show, you need to plant those seeds early. Because you and you need to make it clear to your audience that like this character is gonna be around for a while. This character is important enough for you to know this like 
relatively minor thing pretty quickly. Um, I'm watching um, a new I'm watching a new sports anime that like just kind of took me as soon as I saw it. Um, it's a I forget what it's called, but it's a girls like a girls soccer show, and they inf- they instantly make all of these like very iconic character choices in character designs really quickly. Like you're gonna find out about these characters. And you should be hyped for finding out about these characters because they're fun and interesting and cool. And Initial D does that really well. And it 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 keeps it keeps the relationship dynamic between the characters interesting enough when you follow when you want to follow it all the way through. And like I said, that combined with the um like rickroll nature of the way they cut the episodes means that you like I'm not kidding somebody at Netflix I would not be a bit surprised if somebody at American Netflix said like hey man I've seen initial D that's why we put a fucking are you still watching Warning in the Netflix app that bugs you every couple, every once in a while when we think that you've lost too much time because you can watch Initial D until you're dead. You can just do that, I promise you. Like, you, you, <laughs> in the universe of streaming and bingeability of a show, of a of older shows like Initial D. The opening and ending scene song, scene credits for that show, are less of like an obnoxious thing that you just want to skip and more of a necessity to let you know, this is a new episode, bud. Are you sure you want to do this right now? Are you sure you don't want to eat? And that's, it's so rare that not only is that done well, but that it's done flawlessly, that when you look, especially the anime, because anime is still, and this will probably change over time. It already has changed significantly. Anime is still designed for episode to episode viewing and it's still intended for like like oh you're gonna watch an episode maybe two or three and then you're gonna come back and watch the rest it, the reason that Netflix added in a skip intro button and, and auto, auto skips intros on much of its stuff is because it wants you in that universe it wants you to binge that stuff but Anime intros persist for the reason of that oftentimes the anime still premieres on TV first. Um, even Netflix anime like the new the new Shaman King reboot that is coming out an episode at a time on Netflix currently. Hopefully we get it on um, American Netflix. I I wonder because Shaman King is such an odd 
it's such an odd thing in shonen in the shonen universe that I could see it going either way of either it comes out here or it doesn't come out here, but I bet they're gonna put it out here. There's been enough hype that I've seen about it. Um, but that thing still premieres on TV first. Like, you can find a TV programming guide for for whenever an episode of Shaman King, all 52 of them are going to come out over the next year or whatever. And, um, or over the next 52 weeks. And so there's that. There's also the fact that, like, anime openings are, like, a weird... They're a weird animator showcase that can go in front of every episode of a show. Um, and they're also like a weird vestige of the concept of an Anna Jam, which is when animated like team up to make a thing. Um, and like, is to go literally cut by cut down the line, not scene by scene, cut by freaking cut. And, and, like, they pass off. I've done this as an animator with other animators. Like, a, an animator passes you a their last cell, and you work off of that last cell. Um, but, so, initial D, like, opening and ending literally tells you, like, hey, new episode, man. You sure? You good? Um, and it's just, it becomes this, it becomes this fun, cool, like, celebration of, of drifting as, as a, like, competitive form of racing. And it becomes this fun, cool, like, mechanically perfect form of drifting, because I don't know if you've ever, um. I think the track taste guys attempted to go drifting and like fucking bailed on it. Um, they made a video about it, but um, drifting is really dangerous. One of the things that like they do get super right in um in in um what's it called in um and they touch on an initial deal though it like. The big scary thing that never quite super happens in in the show, but um, in Tokyo in Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, um, they straight up like they have some, but they have people crashing a walls pretty like not infrequently in that movie, and it's like it's seen as like a thing with consequences. It's not like. As much as, like, that movie, like, these people are fucking cool, it's also, like, these people are fucking idiots. Um, which I appreciate, because oftentimes, like, that stuff is just like, no, they, of course they'll do it, it'd be fine. No, they won't be fine! <laughs> and also, when you wreck a car, it better be your car, or else you're gonna owe some people some money. Gonna have to go see a guy with a paw. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a really fun show and I will say it has the problem of it is a force and I know I probably seem childish, but it is, it has the problem of being a four, three aspect ratio show, 
which means that it is it from it from the before time before TVs got stretched to um sixty by nine. So it will always be a black bar show. And at some point I became the old man who watched black bar shows and or letterbox shows and I'm I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it now. I don't need to pretend and zoom in and say I can't see half of it and zoom back out and just grumble. I I'm an old man now. I could just watch this stuff and be fine with it. But if if you're interested in like street racing culture, if you're interested in like drifting or any of that stuff, I highly recommend you check out Initial D. And on that note, if you like this episode, new episodes of the podcast come out every third day. It's an episode like this where I talk about a show or a movie. Um, and Sunday is an episode, and every Sunday is what I call the Sunday edition, and that's a show focused on a part of like the industry or anime culture or any of that stuff. Um, so if you like this episode, um, subscribe, tell your friends, and all that stuff, and you'll get both in your feed twice a week. Um, but until Sunday, I've been Alex, you've been listening to Lunchbox Radio, and I'll talk to you on Sunday. I got no impression. This time is made by an invitation. Wanting your sensation. In this silly situation.
そうだよコンマゼロ1秒でロックダウン余韻の腰消えてゴーチラネクサウンこれ前敗者チームハウ行き着くだけのローラーキーたち邪魔くさいからしかとしていこうスピーカー 30th Street の向こう 3th 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 Street の向こう 3